your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Hey everyone, welcome to special presentation with Mike and Ethan, or... Elf will not be seen tonight. Have you ever come back to somewhere that you haven't been in a long time, and you're just like, oh, I'm prepared to be disappointed. I'm, I know that you can't really go home again, but you do go home again, and it's just as wonderful as it was the first time. That doesn't happen often, but... Oh, we've come back to the last of the Garfield CGI movies, and oh, oh, it's like chocolate syrup all over you. This, um, yeah, this was pretty incredible, because uh, uh, long time um, a special presentation heads will remember that we did uh, Garfield Gets Real, uh, which was the most bonkers thing that we've ever watched, and then we watched uh, a Garfield's Fun Fair which, even though it was a direct sequel, was incredibly sedate compared to Garfield Gets Real. Um, you know, it, it was just like a pretty normal Garfield special. Yeah. Other than other than the fact that, you know, if you had not watched Garfield Gets Real, the fact that it still takes place in this alternate Garfield universe is a little strange. But, um, you know, uh, but other than that, it was pretty normal. Then we watched Garfield Garfield's pet force and it, th- this was it was like Garfield gets real but more yes so um th- this was this is probably the most insane thing that I have seen in my entire life <laughs> and I know we say that a lot but uh th- this was pretty uh, uh I mean Jim Davis is just a madman I mean I think that's that's really Yes, it comes down to. I mean, well, I I have more appreciation than ever for Jim Henson as, as as we put it earlier, a singular talent. It's like you mean Jim Davis? Jim Davis, yeah. And we keep saying Jim Henson too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know. I keep doing. We keep doing that. Um, yeah, you know, that's we, we the love thing. Jim Henson, and but I'm starting to have more respect for Jim Davis as a Jim Henson figure. <laughs> I I that's the thing is I think everyone just assumes okay. The Garfield comic strip is, you know, it's about a cat that hates Mondays. And it's so just, it, it is just such a, uh, I don't know, a generic thing that everyone just assumes, oh, well, Jim Davis has got to be, you know, the world's least creative uh, cartoonist. But as we know from, you know, a lot of the other uh, auxiliary Garfield media, like Garfield's Nine Lives, and Garfield's uh, wacky, what is it? Garfield's wacky zoo or A to Z? Oh yeah, Garfield, Garfield A to Z zoo. Yeah, yeah. Like Gar- Jim Davis has some pretty uh, crazy creative ideas, and this trilogy of CGI movies, I think, is just it's it's probably the most out there he's ever been. Um, even even beyond that one where the animals all start talking. Yeah. I would say that this trilogy of movies is the equivalent of like the last three or four Harry Potter books after she fired her editor and just put fuck all everything into them. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I really feel like these movies are the purest expression of Jim Davis's id because uh, he did write them and they feel like the, yeah, like no editing, like how, you know, when you, when kids are playing a game, like a make believe game and they just, they're just making up random things as they go along and it just keeps getting more and more convoluted. That's yeah. really what these specials feel like. Um, yeah. The, the finest example of that in media is I think adventure time, but this is, yeah. this is an even more, even rawer version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like adventure time. I feel like there's almost, there's, there's a method to the madness. Uh, I feel like maybe not so much in, in, in this, no. um, but it is um it, it is 
but but yeah, you gotta you gotta love it. Honestly, you gotta respect it just because it just goes so hard. It just leans so hard into. Uh, I, I don't I don't even know. I do not know how, how to describe anything that I watched. Uh, I'm not even sure if anything I watched was real, to be honest. Um, because, you know, I, I actually, because uh, as, as I mentioned earlier, I was actually uh, on shrooms when I saw this movie. So the whole time I was like, I don't know if I'm actually seeing these things or if this is all just one long hallucination. And um, by the end, I'm not even sure that like it, this movie really exists. Um well, can you name a couple like, of things that you suspected were you were hallucinating as they happened? We will go. Th- okay. We'll uh, touch on them as we as we come to them or not. Um. Yeah, I think because because we'll have to as we go through this. I think we'll be comparing notes because <laughs> uh, I I assume you were not high when you watched this movie. No, no, I was sober as a judge. And okay, so at the end, I was like, <laughs> did I hallucinate that? <laughs> so I'm gonna trust that your senses were working correctly and you perceive this movie as it actually exists. And, um, we'll, we'll see if, um, how, how, how closely my experience mirrors that. Um, but I, I think the first thing we need to explain for those that aren't familiar with the, the mythos of this trilogy of Garfield movies is, um, just, just cause what it, the, the, it's established in Garfield gets real that this all takes place in an alternate universe that the, that creates the comics we see in the newspaper. And yeah, it beams. Yeah. What are they, do they call it comics world or cartoon world? Uh, they call it cartoon world. Yeah. Um, now, now they have a technology that allows them. Basically Garfield is an actor who appears in a comic strip and they use uh, like a beaming technology when they they film his um, his comic, they beam it into the newspapers in our world, and that's that's the premise of Garfield gets real. Yes. There's a lot more to it and, than that, but it doesn't really focus factor into this movie. No, and that's the thing is like that premise is completely irrelevant to the plot of uh, Garfield's Funfair, or and and pretty irrelevant to uh, the plot of. Uh, Garfield's pet force as well. Uh, but I guess because they established it in that first movie and they wanted this trilogy to c- hang together, um, they decided to keep that, that con- conceit, which just yeah. makes this third one feels a stranger. I mean, if you haven't seen the first one, it it's very weird. It gets even weirder because you're just wondering, uh, well, we'll go through it and, and you'll see why. <laughs> yeah. um, now, but I don't believe any other Garfield media has has kept to this canon every other garfield media is just garfield is real garfield is just it's a normal garfield thing i think yeah i think um, that uh they they use the same cgi models in the garfield show which came later but it i don't think it specifically takes place in comic book world no i just actually after watching this i watched an episode of that which i believe we should also do uh, an episode of our show on because absolutely. um I, I feel like the Garfield show, it, it just, it, it's, uh, uh, it's sad to watch it and remember what Garfield and friends was like. Yeah. Um, it's fallen. Uh, it, <laughs> there's been a, a deep dive in quality, a deep slide. And yeah, have, I don't feel like I'm saying a, that. Have you ever seen a truly bad Garfield thing? I'm, I'm gonna say that, uh, the new Garfield show, I, I think it, it's, pretty much the worst Garfield thing that I've seen. Dang. Um, and, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on, you know, when, when we discuss the, the yes. Garfield show, uh, there's so, so much to talk about. Click with subscribe and force. be sure to uh, listen to our Garfield show episode when it happens. Yeah. Now Garfield's pet force, as, as I understand, this was, this is a long-term project because there's a series of books and comic books about Garfield's Pet Force that pre-exist this film. Yes, Garfield's Pet Force got its start as a sim- simple, you know, s- what do you call those those uh, disposable parts of the comic strip where it just shows the logo, and then you have like, hi, Snuffy, hello, and then they start the joke? Oh, I guess like a, I guess like a topper? 
A topper, yeah. It started out as a single topper for a Garfield strip where it showed Garfield and his uh, su- and his surrounding cast as superheroes. And we had Garfield, Odie, Arlene, Normal, and Pookie as, uh, as a superhero team. And that got, I guess that got a big response from the kids because they later in 1998 spun it off into the book series a a chill a series of young adult uh, you know young adult can mean anything but so not quite young adult so much as older children novels called called Garfield's Pet Force, which Wikipedia describes it as another universe one which exists parallel to Garfield's own a, tr- a team of five superheroes known as Pet Force serve Emperor John as protectors to his throne. Ruling the galaxy from the planet Polyester, John's reign is constantly opposed by the evil Vetvix. When Vetvik uses a new weapon and strips Pet Force of their powers and sends them to a ghostly dimension where they will be trapped forever, John is forced to have his right-hand man, Sorcerer Binky, use a dimensional portal to find the al- five alternate versions of the heroes to take their place. In Garfield's universe, Pet Force is a best-selling comic book, and when Nermal buys the limited edition 100th issue, it becomes a portal through which they are pulled into the alternate universe, becoming the new Pet Force. Although they return to their own universe after the initial adventure, they subsequently return to fight Vetvix and other evils when needed. Okay, so the, for, uh, several things. The plot of the Pet Force um, comic book or, or book series mm-hmm. um, is relatively similar to the plot of Garfield's Pet Force, the movie. Um, I think what makes it especially confusing though, is in Pet Force, the movie, it's not just that there's an alternate universe with, with the superheroes. It's there's an old, there's, it takes place. The Garfield universe is also an alternate universe. So there's the cartoon world where regular Garfield lives there's the superhero universe where superhero Gar- Garzuka, who's the superhero Garfield, lives. But then there's our universe. So they've added – there's that extra wrinkle just to make it that much more confusing. We have to go deeper. <laughs> also, um, big uh, in my opinion, the biggest uh, problem with this film, uh, no Sorcerer Binky. Yeah, I want Sorcerer Binky. You know, but why doesn't Binky show up in any of this stuff? I mean, I like Wally, but Binky is better. Yeah, I, I mean, it's I'm super disappointed actually because Binky was always one of my favorite things as a kid. I actually thought it was ex- he was extremely funny, just because he, he is yells. funny. <laughs> Screaming with I Binky mean, is great. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just love how much Garfield hates him. I, it's very <laughs> funny, but um, yeah, we don't get any Binky. Um, now I guess cause Garfield's pet force is, I can't believe it's from 1998. That's yeah. This that's is like so long ago. <laughs> and I'm just finding out literally tonight that there was a pre-existing comic book and book series about Garfield's pet force. It's been around for 23 years. Um, <laughs> I, I, I guess I have to, uh, have, I, I have to, um, Turn in my biggest Garfield uh, fan badge because <laughs> clearly I'm not. Uh, there is like an animated trailer for Garfield's Pet Force from 1998. Mm. Apparently, it was a failed series pitch for a cartoon that never happened. Mm. Um, it it's uh, and and this one is it's it's not CG. It's animated. You know, mm. in the traditional way that we kind of expect to see Garfield animated, and um, the the two things that are kind of interesting about it is that Pookie is also uh, one of these. Um, yes, and this he's called Kompookie. That, yeah, Kompookie. And also, as they show the transformation, because they all like you know transform, and it's mm-hmm. done in an extremely like deviant art fetish way, <laughs> like like Garfield's like muscle arms suddenly like inflate with muscles and stuff. <laughs> uh, but uh, most striking is when Arlene gets zapped with the superhero powers, her breasts just like billow out from her chest. <laughs> it's like, all right, something for the dads in the audience, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, that did not get picked up. So until now, until this this movie was this uh, that we watched tonight was made, uh, it was only a series of books and comic books. But now Garfield's Pet Force is real. Also, the comics came after this movie, so they're probably more of a uh, continuation of the movie itself. Oh, did they? Oh, man. Okay. 
well, um, so I guess they were just books before this. Um, but anyway, so we've got, uh, so Garfield's Pet Force. Wow. Um, Can you think of any other superhero property that started out as text as opposed to uh, comics? Ah, geez, no, actually, I cannot. Oh, wait. Yes, I can. Really? Um, I can't. I should say, yeah, except that it never seems to have moved beyond text. So I don't know if it counts. Oh, are but you thinking of the, that uh, uh, George R. R. Martin series? Yes, Wild Cards. Yeah, I, I knew about Wild Cards. I knew that there, you know, there's been text-only superhero stuff, but I think this is the only adaption into a feature film of any text-only superhero stuff. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I certainly can't think of anything else, um, and I can't think of any other superhero property that would be adapted in such a. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, this is this this shit is is bananas. Uh, it is it is crazy in the coconuts. Uh, but anyway, so we've got uh, so so the movie starts. Well, should we just get into the movie? Yeah, let's, let's get into we'll the, talk movie, about the movie, which starts with a we we get a look at a inter an, an interstellar uh, uh, like. Uh, Di- what do you call it? Directional sign where it shows you all the different ways you want to go. And we zoom in on a pointer showing you the way to the planet Dorkon and the so, not and, polyester. Apparently. Yeah, not not polyester. No, instead it's the planet Dorkon. And as you zoom in on it, you can hear the the uh, light bulbs that are flashing unsteadily going dork, 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 dork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that. Yeah, there are some interesting uh, uh, sound design cues in this movie. <laughs> so we head to um, Dorkon, which is a planet of like, it looks like a planet of coronaviruses. Yeah, I guess the point is they're all dorks. Is that what's supposed to be going on in this? Because uh, John is the emperor. They so. just look like normal people. You know, nobody, they don't seem that that especially dorky. Well, I guess that's why Wally is no. there. It's, it's, you know, they real the thing is, cause they, cause John is the emperor and he mentions that he is too dorky for anyone on Dorkon to, to marry him. So I assume that there's supposed to be a planet of dorks, but they really don't lean into that. You don't see, like you said, we, we barely see anyone on the planet. I think like there are a couple of buildings that have like beanie copter hats on them. And I guess maybe yeah. that's, they're supposed to be like dorks, but yeah. like, well, I, mean, I don't know. It's true. They don't do much with this. Okay. So let's see. Yeah. Oh. I'm looking at the uh, at the uh, the arrow guide now, and there's the planet tattooing. Very clever. Oh, I get it now. And the planet Petaluma. Okay, and Eclair Four. Okay, and Rip Ripdun. I have no idea, but that one is a uh, dismembered airplane wing. Arus. Um, okay. Okay, I don't get Dorkon. Mm-hmm. There we go, and so thrill us. So I guess that's the where the cool people live. I guess. Um, I don't. I don't know what Jim Henson. Sorry, <laughs> Jim we Davis was. was <laughs> I don't know what, uh, what what he was going for here, but um, uh, yeah. All right. I mean, them's the jokes. Uh, but uh, when they arrive, okay. So, but on Dorcon, uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, um, Professor Wally. Professor Wally, and he is, this is in the superhero universe, so he is the superhero equivalent of Wally Stegman from the comic strip Life Stinks, who, who was in, because um, we met him in Garfield Gets Real. Yes, he's an inventor and, who is a friend of, friend of Garfield's and has his own comic strip where he and his wife Bonita trade barbs. Right. Uh, so Professor Wally, he looks like regular Wally, but he's got like a monocle and he dress. He's got like a little, I don't know, like kind of a, a Victorian suit type thing, I guess, that he's wearing. And um, he has just invented a, the most scram gun. Yeah. Is that? Uh, yeah. The mix scram. I, I, I forget how it's pronounced. Right. But yeah, but it's, it's, a, a, it's a, a gun that you hit two things with at once and it combines them like like a like a centaur so you have half of one attached to the other and half of the other attached to the first which is yeah. it, it makes 
It makes wuzzles, basically. Yeah, it it is, in fact, a horrifying thing to have ever built. What is wrong with you, Professor Wally? Why? Yeah, yeah, it's like, it exactly. And even worse, if you anything that you shoot with the Mosgram gun becomes your mindless slave as well. So, Wally. it's, yeah, it, it's, it's like, I don't, yeah, it's, it's horrifying. And, and I don't know, the thing is, Wally keeps going on about how people will come from all over the universe to see his Mosgram gun. So it's like he invented this thing as a tourist attraction, <laughs> but it's like, couldn't you have invented something that wasn't, that wasn't like evil? <laughs> you know yeah i mean we quote the simpsons a lot around here but uh this is an uh, this is an example of well the technology does admittedly only have evil applications yeah seriously um but it's funny because like john really doesn't care like wally comes in very excited about this horrifying invention and uh you know he's like you can use it to you know sc- scramble because i guess it was the Molecular scrambler is what it does. It yeah. scrambles m- things on the molecular level. He demonstrates it by shooting the court's because Emperor John's court lawyer and court dog, so that you have a dog with the lawyer's head and a lawyer with a dog's head, and then he he swaps them back at the end. But that's you know, and then um, and but John, John doesn't is give not- a shit about what this guy did to his dog. <laughs> no, no, John doesn't care about it. He's just too depressed because. The court is so empty without a wife. And as we said earlier, he's too dorky for Dorkon women. So only a woman from outer space would marry him. It's so weird to you that John um, has such rich red hair in these cartoons. Yeah, it's um, that's the least of the things. Yeah, I know. But I was just struck by how seeing King John sitting on his throne wearing all green with red hair. I was like, wow, he's the king of the leprechauns. (laughs) <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I don't like. Uh, I don't like John's new voice. Yeah, Tom, it, I miss Tom Huge. Tom Huge. Yeah, I mean, the, Tom. The thing is, Tom Huge. Like when he does John's voice, you don't really. It's a very. It's not like a super distinctive voice, you know. So like, you don't think much about it when you hear it. But when you hear someone else doing John, you're like, oh, that that. It just doesn't capture the everyman dorkishness. Of John, like Tom Huge did. So, um, also when so yeah, John really has an explicit nose, he looks less like John. Yeah, I don't like that either. Uh, <laughs> oh, also kind of weird. Uh, Frank Welker is in this, and he does yes. Garfield as well as a lot of other voices. And it is very strange, though, that he does not do Odie's noises. Oh no, that's uh, Greg Berger, the only person who returned from uh, Garfield and Friends. It's just so strange. I mean, I guess it makes sense because, like, he's a returning person. But, like, mm-hmm. I've never seen a thing where Frank Welker wasn't doing all animal noises. So, <laughs> um, just just kind of weird. Um, I also got to say, I'm really not a fan of his Garfield. I know he's trying. He's trying yeah. hard. But, no, there's no one is Lorenzo music. He really no. just, you know. Um, no. And as a matter of fact, get... I would say that he should have committed to the Garzuka voice for Garfield. The Garzuka voice is fine. Like, I actually yeah. kind of like when, like, but the Garfield, vo- yeah, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, cause it's kind of funny hearing it's, it's basically kind of a combination of Frank Welker's Garfield voice and a very typical kind of like, I don't know, like, uh, I'm here to save the day kind of superhero type voice. Yeah, but that's kind um, of, and it's, but it's, we, we need some of that energy in Garfield. Garfield sounds too morose most of the time in this yeah he just sounds like he's on quaaludes the whole time um but uh yeah uh, i'm not yeah so i'm not a fan of the garfield voice that he uses but again he's trying um at least they didn't get dave coulier to do him so that's good (laughs) um now um so anyway uh about this time the villain of the piece shows up it's vet vix who is the evil superhero uh universe equivalent of liz the vet which is weird because and, we haven't seen her in any of these before. Yeah, yeah. So does that does she exist in cartoon? She must exist in cartoon world because she is. You know, she's in the comic strip, even though we never see her. But, uh, it, but I don't know. But they act like when they see like Vet Vix, they never seem to 
recognize her as as an equivalent of someone in their world. So who knows? Well, I guess Garfield isn't really a cat in the cartoon world, so he wouldn't actually have a veterinarian. Oh, that's true. Because in the cartoon world, Liz would just be another actress. Yeah. Like who would come in occasionally to be in the, uh, you know, the the comic strip. And she's not like a regular character she's only not in at there this point now we see so. her a lot more frequently she and uh, she and john since she and john are officially dating now she has been upgraded to basically the role that lyman used to have but uh at this time you know we would go months without seeing liz maybe years okay so it might be that like yeah they're they they see vet fix and they're like oh that, maybe she looks vaguely familiar but i can't place her and it's like oh yeah she looks just like that actress that we saw like you know, three years ago for a cameo. So yeah. Okay. So they might get a different person for Liz each time for all we know. Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, but, uh, so she appears, she's got, if I remember, she's got a bunch of minions who are like basically like dog people. Yeah. Just big dogs. I think. Okay. So she's got some big dogs and, um, now, now I'm kind of hazy on something on, on, on some of the things that happen next. Um, the next thing I remember is that, she wants the gun, so I That's think right. she agrees to marry John, uh, the Emperor John. Yeah, she agrees to marry Emperor John because uh, she learns that means he'll give her the keys to the kingdom, which is what it takes to get the gun that Wally has just put under lock and key. Okay, but then I think they start fighting, and like John's guards are like doing kung fu or something. Uh, there, yeah, there, there's a there's some sort of fracas that happens at this point. Yeah, and then they all get combined with each other or with the furniture. <laughs> oh, that's right. Cause Garfield's pet force is there and she zaps them all. So Odie gets like is zapped with like a potted plant. So it's basically, there's like a big Odie uh, body with like a, like a, a plant head and you see Odie's head in like a pot, a, a plant pot. Yeah. That's, um, actually, that's what happens to Arlene. Odie gets merged with a, uh, with a fat opera singer woman. Oh, that's right. Do they do you show what happens to Nermal? I can't uh, remember. Nermal gets combined with a kid's doll. So oh, that's right. His body okay. marches away with the doll's head on. As Nermal is, uh, Nermal's head is stuck on the immobile doll body, going destroy Garzuka. So you know, prepare that's yourself right. because this movie has more body horror than any Garfield thing I've ever seen. That's right, because since since uh, Vetvix is the one doing the blasting, everyone that she blasted is now uh, a, a, a slave to her. So she mind controls them. I don't know why Wally thought this was a good thing to include in the gun, like a good feature. In fact, I, the fact that he wanted to give this to John and thought that John, Emperor John would like this as a feature really makes me suspicious of what kind of Emperor John is. Yeah, like, why didn't Wally say, well, if you want a wife, just pick two extra hot, extra hot women and then combine them and then they're both your wife. Well, yeah. And <laughs> you know what? And uh, they got to like you. <laughs> I command Cause, you cause to you like control me. Them now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, OK, so I think luckily. Uh, so so Garzuka is the only one who's not blasted. And yes. can we talk about Wally... what a dumb name Garzuka is? Ugh. <sighs> They yeah, had like 10 seconds I guess to think of that. I mean, it's better so than... So what are actually... So, yeah. Garzuka... So what, what are the names we got? It's Garzuka, Garzuka, Starlene, um, Odious, okay. and Abnormal. Okay. Um, Abnormal is the best name. I, yeah. Now, Abnormal goes really fast. I think Starlene can shoot like lasers out of her eyes. Yeah, she has like a and, freezing gaze or something like that. Yeah. An icy stare, I think, if I recall. Um, and then uh, Odie uh, just—he's got the long tongue, so he can yes. whack things with his tongue. And Garfield, okay. or no, Garzuka can uh, spit radioactive hairballs. Okay, so yeah, so they've all got powers now. Um, Garzuka, uh, well, oh, sorry, Wally, Professor Wally tells him he needs to find. Okay, he's got a serum that will the- turn. Uh, D- the DNA match to each team because somewhere in the universe there's a, a another character that DNA matches the superhero and you know what Ethan you explain this <laughs> no, I, I, you're about you're pretty yeah he's got 
Yeah, he informs Garzuka that he's got these vials that will turn somebody of a similar DNA nature, I guess, into a copy of the of his teammates. And, you know, Garzuka should have asked, where did you get these? Why did you make these? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so and he uses a computer to locate the matches for the for these uh, three for the three characters that are uh, under now under uh Vet Vix's control, and of course, it's our our world's version of Odie, Normal, and Arlene. So Garf Garzuka, by, by which you mean the cartoon world? Yeah, the cartoon world. Yes, and so Garzuka has to take these vials, one of which there's six of them, three of which turn you into the superhero, and three of which turn you back, and he has to take them and escape from Vet Vix and uh, and. Find a portal to the cartoon world, which, as it turns out, uh, is through the literal comic book that this is all being printed in, which is what ha what is happening when we zoom out to reveal that Normal is reading this to everyone else at the breakfast table. Can we talk about this breakfast they're having? <laughs> what do they have? What were they having? I can't remember. They were having oh, a it? barbecue. First thing in the morning. Oh, that's right, because Garfield hot dog, wasn't he? <laughs> and Garfield stays that's behind not... from work to eat hot dogs. <laughs> you know, because I remember that was a thing and Garfield gets real. Like, Garfield's suddenly really into hot dogs. Yeah, he actually mentions lasagna, and that's for the first and last time. No, oh, well, at least, at least he remembered that. That very important uh, character trait that he's known for. Um... Yeah, that's right, because they're having a barbecue before work. Who which, does uh, that? I mean, yeah, that's... Uh, well, you know, maybe Jim Davis does. You know, his work schedule is probably very unusual. And not to mention, John picks up Nermal and Arlene on the way to work. So he had to drive out and grab them and bring them back to his house so he could have a barbecue before work. And then he had to work at 9 a.m. or whatever. <laughs> I, I didn't I even notice any of this. <laughs> wow. I, this wow. Has been blowing okay. my mind ever since I was like, yo, I mean, superheroes are one thing, but a barbecue at seven in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This, this is just full of uh, just, it, yeah. And also Garfield decides not to go to work. Cause he just wants to eat hot dogs. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, and yeah, um, he just yeah he just stays behind to eat hot dogs, and it's like you know, Garfield. Do you think that they can film Garfield without you? What do you think is going to happen? This is kind of what happened to Garfield. Gets real too, isn't it? Where he's like, I'm going to go into the an alternate universe from which there is no return because I saw a hot dog, and it's like Garfield. There are hot dogs in your universe as well. It, it's Garfield not like a, an astonishing lack of uh, you know, ability to see, like project what's going to. Uh, there, there's a word for that, I'm sure, but I think I suffer from the same thing as Garfield, so I can't judge. <laughs> he just, he's, he just can't. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have any. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he, he can't calculate. Well, like a real cat, he, he lives entirely in the present. There is no future for him, no past. It Which is makes it all the weirder now. that he's only playing a cat. Oh, that's true. Oh my god. So, okay, but we also have to point out this this bizarre layered metaverse they all live in because our world, the real world, okay, exists. Garfield lives in the cartoon world, which is where all the comic strips that we read are real. Okay? Yeah. But then there's another superhero world where all the comic strips that they read in cartoon world are real. So, um, at the same time, though, there are superheroes in cartoon world. Yes, we because... see a superhero multiple times, and he doesn't help. No, he just, I mean, he's in the first one, Garfield Gets Real, and he's yeah. in this one, too. Just a random guy who flies around. And, you know, if you hadn't seen Garfield Gets Real, because that it's never really mentioned 
about the real world uh, cartoon world thing in this one, you would just be like, why is, okay, why is this superhero flying around? Also, why does John's car blow bubbles? Yeah, they, they don't. They assume that you have been watching these back to back. So these movies were made exclusively for us, weren't they? I mean, apparently they were only shown uh, theatrically in Turkey and Brazil. And, and that's and apparently they were a really huge hit in Brazil. So I, I don't know what that says about Brazil. Um, well, Brazil think, is where all those movies what, like Ratatouille get made. Yeah. You know what I think they did? They were just they just had it playing on a loop in the hospital when Bolsonaro was in there with all his covid um, <laughs> complications. Oh, like the 18 times he got sick. And that's just it just got huge because they were that because of that. Um, but yeah, but no, you're actually like, uh, Brazil is where Top Cat is really huge too, isn't it? So maybe uh-huh. it's really like cats. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Funny. There isn't a cat like in Monica's cut. gang. Oh yeah. Huh. Weird. Huh. All right. So anyway, there, this, 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 this layered metaverse thing is kind of confused, especially cause normal is reading a comic book about pet force and it's like, Normal. Haven't you ever noticed how all the characters in this look a lot like you guys? I mean, yeah, isn't that they never weird? pick up on that. Yeah, I mean, John seems to notice because when they go to the stand, John says, "I'm really interested to learn more about that handsome emperor." You know, but nobody else seems to figure it out. Even though actually their names are very similar as well. You know. Yeah. Like, does yeah, Normal doesn't even pick up on the name Abnormal. Like, These are some dumb actors playing cats. Yeah, um, it is funny when Arlene is like, oh, that Garzuka is really easy on the eyes. And Garfield's like, I'd like to see him beat me in a hot dog eating contest. It's like, OK, <laughs> Garfield loves hot dogs. Boy, Garfield cannot uh, get enough hot dogs. Also, I love this yeah. newsstand they go to that's shaped like a little man flashing you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I like the the newsboy who's got news written on his apron in uh comic uh comic <laughs> sans, sans yeah and who is really hostile toward normal for buying a comic book yeah he's it's kind of it's like uh that's really bad customer service i mean yeah it's I mean, just weird i try not to be rude to people who buy cigarettes from me but <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's funny because, I mean, I guess because Normal is kind of an asshole when he's like, hey, don't don't wrinkle that. It's a collector's edition. Uh, but still, I mean, he's all like, it's weird how he's not just like hostile, but like he's like, I mean, he, it's not just that he's disgruntled. He's like, yeah, like you said, he's actively hostile and just like kind of just like yelling at Normal about baby aliens are coming. Whoa! It's like, OK, OK, pal, <laughs> you don't need to be so extra about it. Um <laughs> Um, but I guess they want to set that up because, in fact, aliens are sort of coming because Garzuka comes out of the comic. Um, and yes, but not it, the it, comic it's actually, that Normal buys. He comes out of the no, next one. Like, that's right, because Normal is reading the comic and he he sees himself in the comic because you know um, because this because they're they're seeing what's happening right now right so they see themselves at the barbecue they see themselves at the barbecue and then he skips forward and finds that the rest of the pages are blank because it hasn't happened yet but here's the thing so this comic book that normal is reading depicts things that are happening in the comic the the superhero universe And and since now normal sees himself in the comic book, does that mean that there are also normal versions of normal and, and Garfield and Odie in the superhero universe as well? Uh, well, I mean, it also, and it also shows the, uh, newsstand kid too. Is there like a version of him? Oh my God. Yeah. It's like the last visible dog. (laughs) It's just like (laughs) there, if there's wait, and if it shows that that shows that that implies that in the superhero universe, there is also a copy of the same comic book, which uh, in that in the superhero version of that newsstand, where presumably another version of the super the, the Garzuka would come out of from some other superhero subunit. This I don't think Jim Davis thought this through. No, <laughs> uh, 
the the implications of any no everything everything in this movie are just uh i mean i won't say they're horrifying but they're just endlessly confusing if you start to think about it but i mean it is a it is a piece of children's entertainment we're not really meant to think about it I just and I just um, can't get over how badly developed Nermal's face is. Can we talk about this? Nermal has this permanent smile that goes over his over his pupils. He cannot change yeah. his rictus grin, and it's it's it shows how much the character of Nermal has changed. He's not considered to be cute at all in this. Oh, that's right. They don't bring that character trait up at all. No, he's and, no abnormal's power is pestering. Mm, interesting. Um, I get, wow. I I feel like as they were making these films, they realized, look, we the Garfield universe consists of about five characters. We're we're gonna have to fudge this a little bit to make them kind of fit in these square pe- square uh, these round holes, you know. Um, Boy, do you think no, that I don't know. John's his... parents in the strip are his real parents in cartoon world? Oh, damn. You know, <laughs> that's a good question because uh, Garfield is sort of his cat in cartoon world. Like he yeah. lives with John. He lives in a he sleeps in a cat bed. Um, but he's also he also talks and is sentient and apparently is, you know, I don't know, his own person so uh there's 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 a lot of uh, ah (laughs) my brain i'm i just don't know i don't know (laughs) whoops i i'm i'm going to assume that they are his real parents and he managed to sort of get them in like yeah you ever see watch like a a weird al yankovic thing where he brings his real parents into as a as a cameo I think it's like that. <laughs> I have not seen that. So, okay, where were we? Uh, we we're the comic strip. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is where, yeah, Garzuka comes out of the comic strip and makes his way to Garfield's house. Right. Uh, and he he finds Garfield and um, explains, I guess he explains the, the situation to Garfield. It's funny because Garfield's like, don't eat me. And Garzuko's like, I will eat you, my interstellar chum. And uh, I, I I will say the Frank Vel- Frank Welker's um, superhero voice is fun. It's a lot like, you know, kind of like Powdered Toast Man. Or yeah, yeah. Crimson Chin, you know. It's, yeah, like, it's, it's like, like a joke superhero voice. Yeah, that, that, that is the thing about this is that, you know, What's weird is that this is from 2009. This is the year after the the Iron Man movie, which really uh, crystallized the whole superhero mania that Hollywood has been going through for the past 15-ish years. And it's it's such a it's you know you know comically outdated now uh, satire of superhero movies because there weren't any to satire. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like. You know, it's it's like watching when people make um, spoofs of, you know, Star Trek. Yeah, they don't know anything you know, about Star where, Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just like where it'll be you're watching a, a cartoon or comedy and it's and they'll have, oh, red shirts are dying. And it's like that's the one joke they really know because not because they've watched Star Trek, but because that's permeated into the wider culture to such a degree that it's a common joke that people can draw on whether or not they're familiar with it. And this is the same thing. It's like, even if you've never watched any superhero stuff, you know, Oh, superheroes, they, they have muscles and they talk in that mighty mouse voice. Um, I mean, it really is. I think that, you know, like a, a third or fourth generation copy, like Jim Davis was watching other spoofs of superheroes and was like, okay, I'm going to take what they did and do that because that's what superheroes do, you know? Um, yeah. Like, you, it, like he, yeah, this is just like, it's, I don't know. It's kind of like when you watch TV and they're talking about, yeah, I got the latest new video game system. And it, they're like dubbing over sounds from Atari 2600 Pac-Man. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
I, I guess it makes sense. Like, you know, anyone who gets anywhere in, uh, you know, in Hollywood is already, they got to be a hundred years old. So all their pop culture references are you know, a little out of date, especially nowadays when things are moving at such a fast rate. Yeah. Um, well, at least Garfield, we, we don't, don't get like the, the Batman pow oof sound effects or anything like that. Yes. I mean, it's not, it, it does feel a lot more like a kind of spoof of, um, superhero media as it would have existed. I mean, you know what? It kind of reminds me of superhero media in the nineties, you know, like the X-Men cartoon. And mm. since I guess, I guess since pet force was originally, uh, from 98, maybe this was actually a very timely superhero parody as much as it could be when it premiered. Um, and now just in 2020 or 2008, I guess is when the movie's actually from. Yeah. It's like, uh, feels kind of dated. Um, God, is this movie from 2008? Yeah. Uh, 2009. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, okay. Um, man, time is a flat circle, but, uh, anyway, uh, so Garzuka explains now, now that he's got the Klopman diamond. Yeah, the Klopman Klop- diamond is actually a uh, running gag from Garfield, uh, from Garfield and Friends. I re- I was thinking that because doesn't isn't some guy trying to like cut it and Binky screams and makes him ruin it at one yes. point? Yes, the Klopman the Klopman diamond is actually a uh, joke uh, lifted from Mad Magazine that uh, that Mark Evanier used a lot in uh, in Garfield and Friends. Oh, is it the, like, it comes with a terrible curse? What is it? Mr. Klopman? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I remember that one. So yeah. Cause I thought it sounded very familiar, but the Klopman crystal, as they call it in this is what is used to power the most, the most gram gun. So Garzuka wants Garfield to protect it while he goes to find, uh, Arlene, Odie and Nermal. So he can give them the serum to turn them super. Yeah, and Garfield is fine with this because it means he doesn't have to leave the house. Right. I mean, that is kind. Of, I guess this is like the the theme of this thing is Garfield uh, having to like rise to the challenge and become the hero he was always meant to be, uh, even though he himself is never actually super in this whole thing. Um, I mean, I, I actually I feel like that's what it was trying to get at. I don't know if it actually successfully communicated that theme though. But I also might have missed some things because I started kind of blanking out a lot when they were doing, I don't know, when they, they did some sort of weird fly shenanigans later in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to, you're going to see a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So so Garfield is is protecting the, uh, the Klopman the uh, crystal. Garzuka goes to the, the studio where we see uh i guess the the usual like i the people we met in garfield gets real right like brandy bunny and Ra- buddy bear or whatever they oh, are we even I, see them? Names. I i don't think let me let uh, maybe me, uh, not let me scramble through maybe. the uh video because i think we only gonna have... most scramble through it <laughs> we do see uh the the steadmans but we don't see uh Oh, there's the, oh, you're right. The, yeah, the bear and the rabbit are there. So, oh yeah. And there's this, yeah, I think this weird thing about the timeout corner. What is going on? There? Oh shit. Okay. The time. Okay. So the timeout corner. Um, okay. So that actually happened in this. That was real. Yes, you didn't make that up. <laughs> okay. Well, well, cause if I remember correctly, Betty invents Betty, who is the, um, the, the 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 production assistant who's like two feet tall and has like gigantic hooters and, and every time we watch any of these movies like someone will walk into the room and see betty i mean like in the actual room here in the real world yes. like this time my wife came in and was like what the because why does that <laughs> child have like age cup breasts um but yeah, She's not that so, much shorter uh, than John. She just has sort of weird proportions. I mean, I assume they just use the same character model as the the little director guy. They just, you know, sort kinda, of mutated him. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like the same base. He's even kind of got the puffed out chest, it's like she does. Um, but Betty 
has uh, invented something that, uh, to replace, I guess, the coffee, uh, you know, the coffee machine, which yeah. is um, a corner where you can think good thoughts. And it's like a little force field with lots of little hat smiley faces in it. And John is like, oh, what a great idea. And he steps into it and immediately starts like kind of giggling and, and going, Ugh. and I was like, oh, it's, it's just like it's it's a corner for that gets you high, apparently. <laughs> I, is is that what's going? I, is I that what's going just, on? I thought it was just a place where you think good thoughts, but no, it forces you to think good thoughts somehow. It's so there is in fact some sort of mechanism here. I thought it was just like uh, you know, take two minutes to think about your day. But it's uh, how did you build I mean, this, Betty? What's uh, did you use the Klopman <laughs> diamond? I mean, I it's weird. Cause first of all, that like it's Betty. Because it, Wally has been established as the inventor character, but apparently Betty is inventing too. Um, although inventing and, this doesn't seem to be... There doesn't seem to be any mechanism or machine that does it. It's just literally like a, an area where you walk in and it forces you to think good thoughts. It's like it's like the zone in Stalker, but good. It's just <laughs> weird. It's this little... Um, it's it's just uh, I don't know. It's like I feel like you could write an SCP about this thing because <laughs> it's just bizarre and all and all their little floaty smiley faces in it too, right? Yeah. Um, I I mean I this mean, is the cartoon universe, so there doesn't need to be any kind of mechanism, I guess, except that they're using them all the time on the stage when what's his name Isaac the the technical oh, uh, Eli I think Eli yeah I think it's Eli isn't it yeah. Yeah, Eli. Um, I guess, God, imagine if you watched this without watching Garfield Gets Real, and so you just thought this was the normal universe. And imagine it was if like, you oh, watched this, this person... without, without having read the Garfield strip. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you'd be like, uh, okay. Just imagine that you thought this was what Garfield the strip was like. You'd be like, oh my God. Yeah, imagine You'd be if really you watch these when movies, you read, and then you like move to America or something, and you see that the Garfield strip is in the comics page, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's all true!" Hi, Garfield. Can you see me <laughs> waving? God, yeah, the uh, the Garfield Panopticon. Oh my god, it's uh, um, but but the this thing with the the, the smile zone or whatever it is, it's it's weird and um. It, it's, it, but I guess it's kind of a Chekhov's gun moment because it does come into play later in the movie. Um, I completely forgot about it after they showed it because you know reasons. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I also thought that uh, right now I was pretty sure that I had hallucinated it because nope. it just felt like oh, I was like oh, I'm imagining that that Garfield is getting high as well. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I get all right, sure, whatever. But uh, no, that that did happen. Um, so I really don't like John so, Freckles either. He looks like he has rosacea. Oh yeah, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> okay, so uh, Garzuka shows up, right? I think that happens. Yeah, Garzuka shows and, up uh, just as just at the same moment that they see themselves in the comic strip panel appearing with Garzuka lo looming over them. And he, he gives them the uh, vial to uh, turn them into superheroes. And uh, Normal is like, oh, okay. He drinks it. The other two drink theirs. And here is yet another of the many things that are established in this movie that come to nothing, which is that it takes a while for the uh, drug to kick in. Yeah, that's right. Because... Yeah, why is it just happens eventually, doesn't it? But yeah, it, it just it eventually happens really... with no real. Yeah, just I guess they had to establish uh, uh, Vetvix before they uh, showed the new superhero identities. I guess, um, although we've already seen what they will look like as superheroes because we've seen their superhero counterparts. But it's it's weird this whole thing, and that's when like uh, Arlene is like, "Have these been tested?" And Garzuka's like, "There's never been a need." <laughs> And it's like, oh, okay. Um, uh, again, this this whole sequence, I was just like, why is it was? I guess be, maybe because, like I said, I was kind of high. I was like, why is there so much drug use in this film? Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's I, a lot more. I felt 
I felt like the whole film, the film was just calling me out, you know, <laughs> like, like my guilty conscience is just manifesting like, uh, like Garfield drug abuse or something. I just, uh, also, um, Garzuka, you know, the, like watching Garzuka, I just kept thinking about that. I guess that episode of that podcast, you know, that everyone likes the brother, the brothers, you know, the, mm-hmm. the three brothers where they talk about the guy who drew like sexy muscle Garfield porn. I haven't seen, I haven't heard that one, no, but uh, I, I'm sure uh, that there's a lot of podcasts about sexy Garfield porn. I mean, ours I mean, is know, one a lot to of an pe- extent. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people drawing muscle mu- muscle uh, muscle Garfield, so um, it seems to be a thing. Well, I wonder actually how much of it came after uh, Pet Force, though, if it's been around since 98. Yeah, yeah. If you were, do, if you do, were eight or so when you saw this, and now you're... Uh, and now you're 21. You're just like, and it's been percolating in there ever since. Yeah, it's like uh, I wonder. Well, you know, well, like I said, Garfield was very in, was very instrumental in in my uh, my you know uh, fat fetish uh, um, metastasizing. So I'm sure that there are a lot of kids who got the muscle fetish from uh, Garfield's Pet Force. So yeah. uh, good on Garfield. Yeah, just I guess, think how for, freeing um, it was the day you realized. Wait, I can draw Garzuka and odious kissing. <gasps> Man, you know what? I think it's a beautiful thing. I it think is. it's great how many people have discovered their sexualities through uh, through Garfield, and I feel like I feel like Jim Davis would approve of that. You is know, he some, seems like. Do you think it's something unique like, to Garfield, or is it just because Garfield is uh, so omnipresent that you know eventually you're going to have a sexually awakening, and Garfield might be there. I feel like it's probably just because it's such a it was, it was such an omnipresent part of uh you know childhood at least in our day. Yeah. Uh, Garfield was like he was kind of like the background radiation of your childhood cuz you know <laughs> Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny, you know, you'd see them a lot, but you, and they were more they were more flat they were flashier, but Garfield was always there in the background. Like every day you see him in the newspaper then he had a you know a tv show he's like low-key but 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 you know but unavoidable um and you know he never overplayed himself so it's not like he ever got sick of garfield like you would some other people but you know i don't know if that's true for kids anymore i mean uh since garfield i feel like i feel like today there are probably fewer and fewer kids who get their fetishes from garfield um i don't know what kids watch nowadays yeah yeah you know what probably i bet they're gonna see a lot i'm sure that well spongebob has been around for how long now oh some like 20 years close to 20 years yeah okay so i'm wondering like what how many what kids got so anyone who would have gotten so they're probably kids who have gotten fetishes from spongebob i'm sure that there are lots of kids who have now fetishes for those like grotesque uh super detailed spongebob faces when he gets sick (laughs) or something I'll bet um, a lot of or, kids had know. a scary awakening to that scene in the movie where SpongeBob and Patrick dry out and become a real sponge and starfish. Oh yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of kids who now have realification fetishes. <laughs> and they and they bought Garfield Gets Real and they're like, God damn it, talk about false advertising. Oh my god, you're right. Man, that's actually an interesting idea to like someone becoming like uh they have a fetish for like like uh cartoon things becoming real like they'll watch the end of the phantom toll booth and be like yeah that's the good stuff <laughs> i wonder if this is a thing where can we look it up <laughs> uh yeah i the problem is we'd have what is it called i mean <laughs> i mean i don't think they'd call it realification but detunification it's, 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 i don't know <laughs> detune there is tunification so i mean it would be interesting if there actually was a detunification you know what i bet i uh i bet i know just the people to ask <laughs> i'm gonna because i know a bunch of tunification people so i'm gonna be like hey is there anyone who like you know gets off on the opposite and they'll just be like we never speak of them <laughs> You know, we we but, uh, I, we speak of them in the same <laughs> voice as the deflation fetishists and the and abortion fetishists. Ugh. Ugh. Let's not, I don't think that even exists. <laughs> well, you know what? I just realized we've we've come up on an hour, and I think we're not even halfway through this thing. So I think yeah, we're, we're going to get a two twenty-five. 
Yep. Okay. So yeah, we we gave you a double double sized one for uh, Garfield gets real, but I think Pet Force deserves the full uh, two week treatment. So uh, we'll see you next week for Garfield's Pet Force, and we'll finally introduce Garzuka. Oh God! I, I, you can think of like ten better Garfield superhero names than that. I bet. I <laughs> uh, I mean I could think of I can think of zero worse to be honest. <laughs> Gar Gar Pistol. <laughs> Gargoyle. Gargoyle. That's cool. Yeah, he should have been Gargoyle. Oh, but it sounds like Gargirl. Uh. Oh, that would be the femme uh, Garfield. Yeah. Garfield. Yeah. Do you, yeah, do you think there's Gar- like uh, <laughs> Do you think there's like gender swap versions of this in another comic universe? Oh, there I think it's like one of those like um, you know, like uh um the Forest of Time type things where there's just like infinite uh Garfield universes with slightly different I guess it's like sliders. Yeah. Sliders. <laughs>